Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Rico, my man. How are you, brother? All right. Very good. You look good today. You look look energized. You look, you know, you look really cool. Well, thank you very much. So the other times I look that bad, huh? Sometimes, sometimes you look half dead, sometimes <laughs> three quarter dead. Today, only a quarter dead. Oh, Is that's that not bad. I'm getting better. <laughs> now I feel good. Uh, and, you look uh, great. Sunny Florida and uh, very nice. Yeah. Welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zapplett with my paisan, good friend, Red Sox Hall of Famer, Rico Petroselli and our other good friend, another Paisan, Joe Giuseppe. Is it Giuseppe? Is which Giuseppe? Is that that's Joe, right? That's Joseph. 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 Giuseppe yes. Tomasulo from the old country, Connecticut. Uh, memory lane auctions. Joseph, how are you, brother? Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Rico. Good, good morning. We, we got a, uh, we got a lot to cover today. And by the way, Charlie Perino from JRI Cards is going to be joining us a little later on in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the big auction, the memory lane auction. We got some other stuff we're going to talk about, Joe, because you know why? You kind of get it. We kind of mix it up with you. We talk a little baseball. We talk the hobby. We talk memory lane auctions. We talk pitching styles. We a little of everything. But first, our headlines. The ripped T206 Wagner card sells for 475960 bucks. Now, we know this happened a couple of weeks ago, but... It's still mind-boggling. The surviving portion of the world's most sought-after baseball card was headed to a new record by our good friend Dave Kohler in SCP Auctions. It sold last Saturday night for $475,960. Torn nearly half at one point in its life, the T206 Wagner card has been tucked away in a private collection since 1995. It's believed to be one of the first cards ever graded and authenticated by PSA and remains in the original holder that was used by the company to encapsulate the card more than 25 years ago. The circumstances of why the card wound up torn have been lost to time. It's one of approximately 60 authentic copies issued in packs of cigarettes in 1909 before Wagner is believed to have asked for it to be moved from production. $475,000, you folks are looking at the picture of it right now. Mind-boggling, Joseph, isn't it? Mind-boggling. And, but, for headlines by our favorite uh, folks at Sports Collectors Daily, get the hobby news 24-7 at sportscollectorsdaily.com, sportscollectorsdaily.com. What do you guys think about that? A half a, go ahead, Joe, let it out. Did you say that it was torn at was one torn, time? Or? Yeah, it was torn in uh, half, and it sold for $475,960. Now, I want our audience to know that David just posted a visual of the card, but Rico and I and Joe, uh, because we're remote, we, we are not able to see it until the show is. But yes, Rico, four hundred and seventy-five grand. 
Joe, what's your opinion of that? It is a historical Tom. Of course it is. Um, is it mind boggling? Absolutely not. You know, so he, he's what I, here's how I feel about that card. If I spend a lot of money, Tom, on a card, I have to be able to look at it. I have to be able to enjoy it. Visually pleasing, good aesthetics as an investment item. The next time it sells, it'll probably go for six to eight hundred thousand. Unbelievable. I'm sure the buyer will make money on it when he relinquishes it down the road. But as balancing collecting, you know, an investment, to me, the collecting aspect, I just I can't look at a half a card. I just and Tom, let me just try and use a different approach. If I buy an off-centered card, just a card that's a little off-centered, you know, I'm skeptical, I buy it, I get it home, and I spend the next hour trying to move the image to the correct side to even out the card. Right. And I'm like, why did I buy this card? So I can't even imagine buying that Wagner and <clears throat> saying, like, where's the other half? Now, it does have historical significance, and you mentioned the PSA aspect. It's one of the earliest cards encapsulated by PSA. That, to me, is a big deal. It is a portion of a Wagner card. But to me, guys, it just boils down as a collector to eye appeal. Well, and hold, but hold, you're making a point, Joe. But, Rico, I want to get your take on this, too. A card like that, 400 and what was it? 435, 475, 475 grand. Doesn't that from an investing standpoint, not from a hobby standpoint, you know, to me, if you, if you're saying that the guy can get six or 700 grand for it down the road, you know, that's the type of car that an investor would buy, throw it in a, in a safe deposit box, not have to look at it for eye appeal and then flip it five, six, seven years down the road. No. Right. And, and I agree with that, Tom. However, you could also buy Apple stock. For that matter. Good point. See, would yeah. I would would you know or Microsoft or whatever. The my point is what I love about the hobby is we get the best of both worlds. We get to just be like captivated with the stuff that we buy, you know, because it's our national pastime. We're so passionate about it. We love the stuff. And yet we're killing two birds with one stone because we're not just enjoying the hobby and, you know, enjoying the collectibles we own, but from the, an investment perspective, if you're buying the right stuff, you're getting the best of both worlds. Pretty cool. Rick? No, I, I, if I was, uh, and could, could afford it and I was a collector, uh, and I had other, you know, vintage stuff, I would definitely buy it. I mean, I agree. I yeah. agree with you. you I, know. uh, investment yeah but i you know and joe did you say that it's half it's only half a card you know what probably 60 percent rico but it's you know yeah it's what? missing it's oh. missing a large portion and rico yeah. you when you when the show is you'll see it again i know you can't see it now but 
it's it's really it's I don't know it's it's kind of a it's an interesting buy. Let's put it that way. And by the way, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but that the first Rico Petroselli PSA graded ten one of one sold about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago for ten thousand bucks. Not bad. Wow. Now yeah, but here's I, the question. <clears throat> What would a half a Rico card go for? Forty nine ninety five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen. listen. You know i i had to I had to go into my savings. You know that. <laughs> Wait a second, Rick. I, gotta, I bought I, the card. No, I'm just kidding. You know what would be really a really nice gesture, Rico, on your part, is you pick out a we pick out two pristine. Rico Petroselli rookie cards, PSA that we think can get PSA 10, and you sign one for me and one for Thomas Sulo. Okay. And then we get them graded and we give them to our grandchildren. Are you yeah. in? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll be the next week. I'm going to do it. I'll send it out <laughs> to you guys both. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, I, he, I didn't realize that there was three quarters uh, of the card there, but uh, I guess. It all depends if it didn't lose its value, which obviously didn't, then I would, again, if I'm a, if I'm a collector and I love the cards, not even the investment I'd want, you know what I'm saying? I, I know. And I, you're I right. want that card and make, I, make hey, I could afford it. So hey, anyway, it all depends on the individual. Hey, Joe, uh, let's talk about the auction results. <clears throat> uh, you must be happy with the uh, M101 Ruth, the Babe Ruth poster. Can you tell us a little bit about that? As far as, uh, you know, uh, just the overall uh, story behind each one of those cards. Well, I don't have much of a story for the for the Ruth rookie. You know, I don't know its uh, pedigree, you know, its heritage. But it's a five and it was a five and a half. Great looking card. Uh, beautiful central image uh, before Ruth started indulging himself in beer and hot dogs. Um, a nice slender root. It realized a strong price. We expected it to. Um, and guys, so since we're on the subject of Wagner, let's talk about Wagner versus Root. There's roughly 60 known Wagner cards, Tom, like you said. Right. A Wagner in a one goes for $2 million. A half of a Wagner goes for a half a million. Okay. Um, <laughs> a baby. There's, I just did a pop check on Root the other day. I was doing an analysis for somebody. There's 130 Root rookies, give or take, on the combined pop charts. But I'm sure 15 or 20 of those are crossovers, uh, meaning they were sent from PSA to SGC or vice right. versa yep. and not removed from the pop chart. So let's say there's 110 to 120 Root rookies. There's double Root rookies versus Wagner's, but the pricing proportion is way off base. So if you get a Ruth rookie and a one, it'll go for a quarter of a million. A Wagner will go for two million. But Joe, so, why is that? Is it is it just because of the, the mystique? The mystique of, of, the card, of the Wagner, of the Wagner card. card. Of the Wagner However, card. I think the Babe Ruth rookie is by far the best investment card in the hobby. It has so much pricing potential <clears throat> as far as, you know, where this card can go. So a Wagner and a one's getting $2 million. Why shouldn't a Ruth rookie in a one 
be realizing at least a half a million. Joe, seven fifty. We know why there are so few Wagner cards. Why are there so few Ruth rookie cards? <clears throat> well, a hundred to hundred and twenty. They ran out of ink. Few, but it's certainly they're not plentiful. Let's put it that way. Um, the M one hundred one sets, Tom. They're a little obscure. You know, they just uh, they weren't as popular as the colored cards. Of course, they're black and white images. Right. But, I mean, a lot of the stars from the M101 are great investments. Ruth, Ty Cobb, Jackson, uh, Walter Johnson, uh, Jim Thorpe, guys like that. So um, good good set to probably keep your eyes on. Rick? Yeah, Rick. you know, it's, it's incredible with the vintage cards. Uh you go from the vintage to Gowdy's top 50s. Tell us about some of those, some of the other stuff you have. Uh, well, the poster, the root poster, as Tom said, Rico, was amazing. It was uh, unearthed, originally hung in the Peerless Theater, in uh, which I believe was somewhere in Illinois. Um, it was passed down, Grandpa Eddie, the original owner just rolled it up, kept it in a closet for over 90 years. Oh, and my. his uh, granddaughter consigned it. And uh, it did very well. Um, mm. Three feet by 10 feet wide, three feet tall, wow. 10 feet wide. Rico, that piece belongs in the Smithsonian or in the lobby of Cooperstown, New York. <clears throat> yes. It's. Truly amazing. And then we go, we had our typical high-grade rookies, Wayne Gretzky, nine, Bill Russell, eight, a, a great amount of unopened wax that did really well, you know, which is really storming the hobby right now. The unopened wax prices are incredible right now. Joe, I still, can we talk about that for a sec? Do you mind? Sure. All right, so... The unopened wax, okay, and I think I asked you this question when we were speaking on the phone. The people that are buying the unopened wax, when they buy it, is it remaining unopened or are they opening it? You know, I think at this point in time, Tom, a majority of it is staying unopened because of the way the prices are going up. So. So let's use the 86 flare with the Michael Jordan rookie. Perfect there's, example. There's 36 packs. Okay. I mean, if you get a Jordan rookie, obviously you will get a Jordan rookie. If it, if you open up the box, it grades a 10, you hit the jackpot. But even with the card that's unopened, it's so hard to get a 10. I mean, you know, PSA, SGC, very strict rating standards. And, you know, if you pull a nine, it's worth 20 to 30,000. But if you, you know, if you don't pull that 10 and you get a nine, an unopened wax box is now over $200,000. So you're, you're definitely rolling the dice. You got, it's a gamble. <clears throat> it's a gamble. Yep. Interesting. Cause I, I was just telling you, my sister, she is such a piece of work. She picked up a uh, 
2000 Bowman Chrome football. I think there are, I think there are 24 packs in the box. And uh, obviously there could be a Brady in there. And yeah. she, she picked up. <laughs> so she was going to uh, leave it unopened and, you know, hold on to it. But of course, my sister being the gambler that she is, and she's a gambler. Uh, the other night we sat at my, my table and we opened up 12 of the 24 packs. So far, she hasn't found the Brady. So, <laughs> so, now, so, so now she's got 12 packs left. And she's going to open up one pack a day for the next twelve days and see what happens. So, well, uh, let's hope let's hope she pulls a Brady. That's right. That would be nice. What about T two hundred sixes? You guys had a lot of them. T two hundred sixes are still hot, red hot, Tom. I told you to keep your carbs and your. I did. I did. And your and your Youngs and your Maddies. I've kept all the Hall of Famers. Everything else is pretty much gone. Yeah, I mean. We had like a off-centered Walter Johnson, and I don't know the exact price, but it was in the eight thousand range. What was the grade? A five. Wow. I, I, yeah, that's really strong. A Cy Young portrait in a three that was typically a, a twenty-five hundred to three thousand card. Now going for forty-five hundred to five thousand. Unbelievable. Yeah, the you know an off-centered somewhat off-centered green cob, you know, knocking on the door at 20,000. Yeah. Crazy. Unbelievable. It's great. great. What about, what about the vintage basketball market uh, compared to the modern and ultra modern market? The high grade is always strong Rico. Um, you know, Bill Russell, obviously George Mike in 48 Bowman, those cards, low or high grade are still going up. I mean, those are the best of the best. What did I uh, just, let me just, uh, oh, uh, Tom, no, what happens if there's a, uh, a good player, but not, you know, not one of the top people and there's less cards, very few cards that they have on this guy. Would that, would that card be worth anything? Sure. Rico. And again, it's low pop would be based on grade. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you're pulling commons and nines and tens, they could go for good money. I was telling Tom before the show started, we had some 52 tops common baseball players that were low pops and nines. Some of them getting 40, 50, $60,000. Crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Hey, Joe, uh, you know, we're, we're close to taking a break, but before we do, the 57 tops Bill Russell in a PSA four off the top of your head, what's the value of that card right now? Uh, a, there's so many factors, Tom. I, I appeal, centering is the key. Um, I mean, it's it's thousands of dollars. It's, it is. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. But uh, I appeal is always the key. I mean, I've seen cards have a 50% swing in pricing in the same grade because one's dead centered and one has, say, 65-35 center. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. We are chatting with our good friend Joe Tomasudo from Memory Lane Auctions. Joe, when we come back, uh, there's 
I, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the vintage versus modern. We've talked about that in the past. Then we have to figure a way to get you up to Massachusetts this summer so that you and I can drive over to Petroselli's house and get into his basement and help him catalog what he has in there with the expertise of you as a good friend. Fair enough? Sure. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Rico's in the house. Joe's in the house. I'm in the house. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? 
Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Now what? on deck with Rico Paracelli. Rico Paracelli. <laughs> Hi, my <laughs> name is Willie. Time for hey, On hey. Deck with Rico Paracelli. Okay, it well, is hi, hi, Lily. How are you? She sounds like you, Rick. I know. She's it is sweetie. time for our segment, On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Love. Brian's a great kid. Hi, huh, Joe? Brian is a great kid. Uh, great guy. All right. This week's question, and this is the prize. This is kind of a cool book. It's called The Sluggers. It's a hot copy book, The Sluggers, uh, based on some of the greatest hitters in modern. Pretty cool, man. The home run hitters. Great. Yeah, great photos. Yeah, it's in a that, good book. That. Good book. That's Harmon Killebrew on the front. It is not. It's Mickey Mantle. That's what I said. Mickey Mantle in the front. Okay. Here's a question. This week's question is from Bill Holland. Bill Holland, huh? Rico. Yeah. Was Pudge Fisk a leader in the clubhouse? And what kind of a field general was he? A leader <clears throat> in the clubhouse? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah, you know, you have these guys, like, uh, there are players that sometimes, like, I'm sure Yaz was a leader in the clubhouse uh, at one time. Big Poppy. Big pop in Boston. Exactly. Okay. Mo Vaughn was one. Uh, yeah. What it, what it, uh, in the clubhouse. Was Pudge? Yeah. He was, uh, w- what we feel is a leader in the clubhouse <clears throat> is, the, is the go-to guy most of the time that the press will go to, you know, uh, whether he does something real good or not. Uh, and Pudge could always, uh, you know, he was a good interview. So, yeah, they would go to him, uh, you know, uh, uh, and see what he has to say. And on the field, he was a leader. He was one of the best um, that I've played with. Uh, and he was, uh, yeah, he would let pitchers know, you know, what they had to do. So he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't give any baloney out there. You know, he'd tell it like it is, and he'd get, uh, he'd get them moving. He'd get them mad sometimes at him, and so that helped helped a lot of those pitchers, you know, uh, be more aggressive. So, yeah, I'd say both questions is yes, he was. Joe, Phil, you want to ask a question regarding that? You know, anytime you want to throw in a question to Rico, just, you know, ask. Well, ask away. Sure. Well, what? What's he going to ask? He's a Yankee fan. That's a good point. All right, let's, uh, let's switch gears for a little bit, Joe. Um, what's, in your opinion, um, basketball, modern basketball is on fire, on fire, modern and ultra-modern the Marances of the world. Um, you think this is short term uh, with, these, with these new investors investing in basketball cards or is, you know, is things going to kind of even out with modern basketball, 
uh, vintage stuff. What is your opinion on this whole new modern market? Yeah, I think one of the things that helps modern basketball is it's international. It's not just like, you know, U.S. driven, you know, China. Yeah. Um, you know, European uh, basketball is oh, yeah. a huge sport. And, real. you know, it go, you know, it's it's very popular overseas. And, you know, there's a lot of money across the globe, guys. <laughs> and oh, yeah. well, I don't see it. It could. I see it going sideways. You know, well, I, as you said, Tom, leveling off. But I don't think it's going to go away too fast because even though they're modern cards, one of 10, one of 20, one of five, manufactured rarity, but it's still rarity. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want and, to, I which, think, and that's the key. It's still rare. You know, we've talked about that, and I have mixed feelings about manufactured rarity, but it has definitely helped the hobby. There's no doubt. It is, it's opened up the hobby to a lot of new faces, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, right? about- I think, I think yeah. vintage, as hot as vintage is, I think it has a huge upside still. I mean, these are like cardboard antiquities, treasures of our national pastimes building blocks, the yeah. greatest players, whoever, you know, graced the baseball diamond. And yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like a combination of art and history. And um, so when people say, like I was talking before about some of the T206 prices, what I tell people is, well, maybe they're not out of control. Maybe they've just been undervalued. For so long. Good point. And Rick. people people are getting it now. And look, you know, economics 101, guys, supply and demand. Yeah, uh, the New York Knicks just made a, a deal for you know, Harden uh, over to uh, over to Philadelphia. Uh, a guy like him who's had great years, probably <clears throat> Hall of Famer. Is, is it card have much value? It's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. If yeah. it's a 10 and it's low pop, yeah, you know, yeah. guys, that population report. And, you know, I know Joe Orlando isn't a PSA anymore or whatever, but that that was brilliant. That PSA set registry population report <clears throat> was probably the most brilliant thing ever created in this hobby. And, and like Tom, I said, that's why 52 tops, commons, and nines that are one of two and threes are going for twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars because of the set registry and the low pop. People still love building sets. Joe, you know, um, I spent a lot of time looking at your auction catalog. And as a writer, um, Ellen and I, as two writers, Ellen and I were just admiring the spectacular job that you guys did with that catalog. Now, you know, I scratch my head and I, cause I know you do a large portion of the writing for that catalog. How long did, I mean, how long did it take you guys to write that stuff up? Wasn't 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's a lot of work, Tom. 
also, it's not just the writing, it's the research. When yeah. was the last one sold? What was the highest price? I try and incorporate that into my write-ups because I'm, I'm basically, Tom, I'm trying to sell the sizzle. I guess that's the best way of saying it. Mm. You know, I'm the guy ringing the doorbell with a suitcase trying to sell someone a product. And if I'm going to sell that product, I got to give them X, Y, and Z on why they should buy it. Where's the pricing? Where could the pricing potentially be going? Population, uh, condition, eye appeal. There's so many factors, like we're talking about a Bill Russell and a four. There's so many factors that go into the price of a card, which is why I wouldn't touch that half a Wagner. I have to bring it up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to know, uh, when's your next auction? Okay, guys, I'm going to give you a little uh, preview here. All right. We have something ex very special and exciting. Our, our next spring auction is going, our spring auction will be, let me think, probably late April, May. Oh, say April. Let's just go with April. But it's going to be two catalogs. Basic thick catalog with our regular auction stuff. We, did, we send out that box now with Beautiful. either one or two catalogs. Fabulous packaging. The top catalog is going to be an absolutely amazing collection of eight and nine Gaudi cards. The mm -hmm. full 33 set, less the lingerie, and a, a probably 75, 80% 34 set. All the roots are eights. There's a Garrick nine. And this is a big one. Hank Greenberg's big card is his rookie card, 34 right. Gowdy. Right. We have one of the only three Greenberg nines. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, so, Joe, did this all come from one? I'm assuming it came from one consigner. This is the Manny Gordon collection. One of the most amazing collectors and incredible individuals this hobby has ever known. Now, Manny passed away, right? Manny succumbed to COVID. Right. I, I, you I know, knew a couple that. Of I years ago. Right. And it was very sad. He was in, was in his late 70s. And I, was, I can be proud to say that I was a dear friend of Manny. He always showed up at the White Plains shows. He lived in Westchester, New York. And he would hang out at our memory lane stand. Him and JP were very good friends. Right. I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful family. You know, great children. And, mm. you know, nice. um, this is his legacy. This is one of his legacies. Okay. He Better. was very meticulous with the cards he collected. And after the, after the Gowdies, I don't know when, you will eventually... Um, God willing, see us offer his T206s, mm, which wow. were almost all eights. So, uh, I have a, a question a little different. I, I hope you don't mind. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I want to ask you when you have the auction, when you set up all the all cards and uh, whatever, you know, who is uh, who makes the price? In other words, the, the, the opening bid is it you? 
Or is it somebody in your organization? I or mean, is- we, we all kind of chip in with that function. Okay. Yeah. We go. And yeah. typically, I mean, it's all based on the type of card we're auctioning. But mm. we try and start something off between 25 and 35% of the value. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's yeah, the that's the, the that's the uh, formula. Standard. That's a very rough formula, Tom, and it can all it can vary, but that's sort of a starting point, and then we go from there. Joe uh, Rico promised us uh, publicly on camera that he was going to be uh, accompanying uh, JM, myself, and Ellen, and probably David. To the uh, hope, hope. to the national, God willing, with his health, because you know Rico, he does get out of the nursing home for two or three <laughs> hours a day now, which I think is very nice, Rico. That's true. I, I appreciate it. That's okay. But, that's to uh, go to the bathroom. So, but Joe, what we're what we're planning on doing is uh, obviously we're going to be doing a two-hour show like we do typically from the Burka stage, and we're going to do a nice half-hour segment with the. Uh, the clowns of the auction world on stage with us. And I say that. Which if you say clown, that means Derek Grady. Well, I, I'm it. saying that I'm lovingly <laughs> with you and Derek and, uh, and Brian Drent and Brian Dwyer. And, uh, and maybe, a, and you know, you got to bring in like half one of those guys. We're going to have like a free form right on stage. And I think it'll be a blast. I think it'll be a blast. I think, yeah. It's going to be great. I think we did that. We did that last year, Tom. Uh, we did well. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he forgot. Years ago. He no, forgot, no, 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 no. It, it was a, it was a couple of years ago, Joe. But I'm saying the, the time. That, do you remember the time when Kenny Golden was on? We had Josh, Josh Evans, that whole crew. You were there up there with us. That was that was off the right, But last year I was yeah. up there with Derek, Brian, Brian Drent, and uh, Brian Dwyer. Correct. And that went really well. People really, really, really uh, enjoyed that. So, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're planning on uh, on you doing that again. Uh, you know, I want to ask you, in, your, in the auction that just went by, where did you guys get those beautiful vintage signed postcards? Postcards? Uh, well, well they were exhibit cards, whatever the you hell You mean the Gowdies? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, they, they, were all, they were all signed. Right. 229 signed Gowdies. Wow. Yes. Well, but hold on. Didn't you have, didn't, weren't there some exhibit cards of some sort that were all signed to, or did I dream that? No, no. I I think you're talking about the Gowdies. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, um, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. It came from one collector. He collected these cards for almost 20 years. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, the prices of the roots got so high, he just threw in the towel. He said, all right. I'm not going to be spending two fifty to five hundred thousand per root card to finish this set. So he uh, he's decided now is the time, and I think we presented it very well. Joe, well, we're just talking about the the national. We got a lot of collectors uh, listening. How important is it for them to come? The new new uh, collectors and even guys who've been in it for years. I mean, because the show to me is just fabulous. I mean, yeah, good question. Rico, that's a great question. And ironically, the first national I ever attended was in Atlantic City. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was a collector, not like I am now, mm-hmm. but 
being there in person, being around the, I call it the stuff yeah. and the deals and the electricity, just, you can't even put it into words. I know. I know and, it. And that really made me want to get to the next level from a collecting perspective. Yeah. And yeah. so to answer your question, Rico, anyone that hasn't been to a national should make every effort, any aspiring collector mm. to get there and it'll make you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. It's amazing. Just, we have a, just, yeah. We have, yeah, no, Rico, Rico. Uh, yeah. That was Rico. You were overwhelmed. You remember that? Oh, it was just I, amazing. Uh, just fabulous. It was but, uh, in Chicago. Joe, we have about a minute and a half left. Uh, first of all, your website address. Memory lane, Inc.com. MemoryLaneInc.com, um, spring auction. Really looking forward to that. Uh, you guys have done a great job. I, I'm, Joe, I'm telling you, your your writing style, we love it. Uh, absolutely. You know, Ellen was reading. You know, she was looking at the catalog, not to look at the items, but look to look at the writing. And yeah. very impressive. Very. Can impressive. I can I get those two also? A what a catalog? Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. you got oh. money. Fifteen. Well, I was going to say. Uh, I'll Joe, give you mine. Joe and I bucks. are friends. Uh, uh, maybe give me half price. We go. We'll get you. I'll have JP ship you one. Yeah. Really? No. I'd love to have them. Absolutely. And, All right. And, and Joe, you promised. Can we get you up this summer? And I'm not kidding. Uh, we, you know, Rico and I have talked. What do you mean? Really, is he going? No, is he going to come up for nothing? No, he's going to come up. We're going to we're going to go off show. And, no, is there no, a show? No. We're just oh. going to come up to your house. He and I. We're going to have Chinese food, and then we're going to go oh, into your yeah, basement. Great. And oh. and we're gonna and we're gonna catalog your items because you get some cool stuff. Well, who's Is gonna, gonna pay be for good to... Chinese food? Oh, that's one of the best. I'm not yeah, gonna honestly. pay for him to come up. He can pay uh, his own gas. I'll are pay you for crazy? Lunch. I'll it's pay quitting. for lunch. No, Rico, you pay. Yeah. Rico, my father grew up in Chinatown, Little Italy, no right kidding. around Mulberry, Mulberry Canal Street. Street. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm very meticulous when it comes to Chinese. Food. Oh, this is very good. Honest, honestly. All right, uh, Joseph. We love you, brother. Yeah, it was great. Great show. Jeez. Right, Thanks, listen, Joe. Thanks, Joseph. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, our other paisan, Charlie Perino from JRI Cards, is going to join us. Hang in there. Okay. We'll be Take right care, Joe. Back. Have a good day, guys. Enjoy. Joe. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. 
It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. Sarah found out camping. What was that? Wasn't her thing. So she eBay bought her tent to Tom who just had to get out of his house. But Tom needed road trip money, so he eBayed the crock pot he never used. To Steve, who wanted to turn the heat up on date night. But Steve needed counter space, so he sold his decanter. Thought it was a vase. To Sarah, who'd found a new outdoor hobby. Red. eBay, sell something and make room for something new. eBay is the place to go for all of your memorabilia, folks. Sports. Just not uh, memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. Yeah, I really do. That's eBay, connecting buyers and sellers globally. Hey, uh, before we break, well, Charlie's with us. Hey, Charlie, how are you? Charlie, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Our giveaway this week, last week, the person that won this never contacted us. And this is a great book. The Catcher Was a Spy, The Mysterious Life of Mo Berg. Great book. I've read it. Very, very good book. Here's today's winner. If they call, they win. They don't call. You know what happens. This week's winner is... Walter Johnson. Oh, he's a good he's a good guy. Scotty Roberts. Scott Roberts, a big follower of the show. Scott, you know Scott. what to do. It's a great book. I don't know if Scott knows how to read, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> a lot of pictures. All you got to do, Scott, is PM me, message me. Uh, if I don't hear from you in a week, unfortunately, my friend, you're out. But I think I will. Uh, oh, yeah. Scotty Roberts, congratulations. All right. Uh, I'm going to do the Philly show right now. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions. I'm pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, the Philly show from Friday, March 4th to Sunday, March 6th at the Valley Forge Casino Resort in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Shop over 200 of your favorite hobby dealer boots on over 55,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. 
The Philly Show is family-friendly, and all kids 12 and under get in for free. Autographed guests include basketball legends Julius Irving, Mike Schmidt, Pete Rose, and Steve Cotton, Baseball Hall of Famer, The Wizard, Ozzie Smith, Philadelphia Eagles all-time leading rushing leader, LaShawn McCoy, as well as Super Bowl 52 fan favorite, Brandon Graham. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. Okay, let's bring in, well, Charlie's on with us, our good friend, Charlie Perino from J.R. I cards. Charlie, you're going great guns, great guns right out of the gate. Talk about these uh, JRR events that you guys have been really, really uh, doing very well with. The JRI events, yes, we launched them a while back and are getting very popular. It's because the pack prices have gone so much. Usually we sell cards and randomized packs. Uh, the packs have gone up so much in value. We're turning them into events where people will not only get not, not one card, but they get to share in the entire card. Uh, we've been a leader of the pack ripping industry for a while, but with this, we're taking it to a new level based upon the extraordinary gain and not only the cards, but the actual pack that may contain the pack fresh cards. Uh, they're the rarest ones in the world. Uh, we Sometimes we double or triple them up to even make it even more of a better chance to pull a great card uh, just for the fraction of the cost. So what happened in an explosion in the card prices, the events have now taken fold. The process works. Generally, you buy a digital ticket, and it's usually 80, 100, maybe up to 160 to 200 t- digital tickets to the event. Uh, you buy the ticket, and your ticket's worth a percentage of what we open in that pack. So we don't know what's in there. Sometimes it's designated. Sometimes it's not. Uh, more designated, obviously, the better, because we're guaranteed the pull of the card based upon the centering. Uh and then we also, before we even get to that, everyone gets a card or a pack in the preliminary event. So to warm things up, that is the main event. Uh, to warm things up, everybody will get a card in another vintage pack of football, baseball, basketball, whatever we're opening. And uh, you join us live for the virtual event. That kicks it off. And then we pull out some of the greatest cards that have never been touched by human hands ever uh, in the world. Uh, one of our events, we just had one uh, last week. It was a 1973 football uh, football cellos. And the two coveted cards, we opened three packs, were O.J. Simpson and Joe Namath. And we pulled O.J. Simpson's rookie card. Wow. In really nice. good condition. It's already been expressed at PSA. We pulled Gail Sayers. We pulled Len Dawson. Uh, a whole host of Hall of Famers. Some were centered better than others, but the O.J. looked really good. I don't think there's a 10 on record. So... It was, we did it on Super Bowl uh, Sunday, so it was a big pre-event, and I tell you, the, the outcome was extraordinary, the, everything from down the line. Rico, That's jump good. in, by the way, anytime yeah. you want. Well, I was going to say, a lot of the people, uh, in the, well, you're in Florida, and do, do they come or they participate from that area, or you get people out of the state? It's all virtual, so we have people from all over the country, even outside the country, uh, based upon the technology today like we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One day we may have some uh, people, if they're ever in the area, they're always welcome to come in. Well, I was going to say that, Charlie. You know, I've been to your your studio. It's beautiful. You should really consider doing a live event in front of a live audience. Yes, because of the COVID, it was a little difficult, but now with things just getting a little bit better every day, every month, it's something we're lining up to have actual a live crowd here or somebody that's in, in the pack to be sitting next to me virtually. Absolutely. Uh, so they, everybody can see there. Everybody sees my expression and I'm very enthusiastic and, and I love motivational and my passion for the business is there. 
but we can't see the customer's expression. Uh, we would zoom somebody in once in a while, but to see them here live, that'd be great. You know, it, it would be unbelievable. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me, what is this Triple H? This Triple new- H. We've gotten very busy because of the events, uh, because of some of the, like I said, some of the packs we have are all PSA basketball, 86 to 72. Uh, and even one of we just listed this, it's a 78. And Dorset, the number one card in the set, is right on top already. We've been getting very busy. And my voice is good. You know, it gets better like Sinatra over the years. <laughs> uh, we, with Triple H, we started, we broke in a new employee, and it's an extensive training. We just don't want anybody here handling what could be a seven-figure card uh, live on, on a, a telecast. So a lot of good training. I critiqued him. He did a mock training. We made him open up some 88 junk wax, you know, and hold it to the camera. And then we started, <clears throat> his name is uh, Nick Halper. And we started him on Thursday as the Halper Happy Hour. And then it just stuck with Triple H as in the wrestler. And he got really good. So we, we were thinking about having him do some podcasts. It got even bigger. The happy hour went two hours. Then it went three. We're like, no more happy hour. It's the <laughs> Thursday night show. And he loves Pokemon. So we're starting to put a lot of Pokemon boxes. Huh. I, I honestly am not too familiar with those little monsters. I have trouble pronouncing some of these hockey guys' names. Never mind uh, these old <laughs> Japanese is he, monsters. Is, is, he, is he a young guy, Charlie? Yeah, he's about 29. I uh, went to the same college I went to, Monmouth University. He was doing podcasts at the time. And he's been a family friend when I was living up in Jersey. His younger son actually played baseball with my other two boys. So he came on uh, every show. I critique him and he takes it, you know, on a good sports side. But uh, he's now doing Thursday. And now we're also now considering moving his happy hour to Monday, where I still go Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday. So we're going to start pushing for five days a week. Uh, And he's been doing fantastic. Uh, The the, the outpour of love from the room, because we have one of the best communities out there, uh, has embraced him pretty well. Oh, that's great, boy. <laughs> very, very, very cool. So you're growing, you're growing. Yeah, we're, great. Th- we're looking probably for a third host also. Like I said, we're very critical on who we're going to have here representing our brand and these beautiful packs, which... You know, Charlie, uh, I know that uh, we haven't, you haven't been attending the National with your show, but, you know, something you should really, really consider because... You know, you walk down, and I know you know a lot of the guys, Leighton, like with his vintage break show, there's always a crowd around them. You should really consider, uh, you know, broadcasting from, from the uh, National at some point in time. Yeah, it's in Atlantic City, my hometown of Jersey. There's a great pizza place called Carluccio's in Margate. That's what I'm looking for. That's what's driving me there. It's a great <laughs> Sicilian pie. I tell you, one of the best in the country. Wow. Uh, I'll, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We're going to be there. We're... we're that's next week's project. We don't know if we want to be on the floor. We may just get a suite and have a big pack opening. Yes, and that's what a lot of them there. do. A lot um, of them do that. Yes. A, a lot of them uh, will take suites or little conference rooms and, and run right. Yeah, you we'll know. do a little exclusive. And we're working on some. We have, we have a lot of great packs in our inventory. I call it the vault uh, that we bring out. And even the one that we have up there now, very rare. It's a second series 57. Yeah. Mantle could be in there. And. You know, I like the older vintage uh, packs because they break it down in series. Yep. Starting in 74 in baseball, when I was nine years old, there was 660 cards in the set. And I'm buying wax packs with eight cards. You couldn't build. You didn't know who you were getting. Uh, but when they break it down into series and they can help us get like even uh, 
another we got packs all over the place. Uh, a 1960. There's only 67 cards in that series. And there's Yogi, there's Duke, there's Schneider, there's Warren Spahn. So there's a good chance yes. that we've been pulling some real, you know, I'm starting to build an immunity to the pack fresh cards. Like last week was Ernie Banks from 1968. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, we've been pulling a lot. And he's a great hockey guy to have in your collection. Uh, we pulled a, a lot, so many Michael Jordans. I don't want to disparage it, but it's become like almost like a, like when you score a touchdown, you don't do the dance anymore. We just we scored another one and we get back into the huddle and line up. So amazing. Great. Amazing. It's great. Um, there was one other question. Oh, OK. So you're going you're using cards from the 50s through the 80s, 90s, pretty much. Yeah. Right up to 2022. Due to the demand, a lot of people are asking for some modern stuff so we can go from pulling Dr. J right up to LaMelo Ball. It's really... Well, I mean, the modern stuff now, because especially with this uh, manufactured scarcity, I mean, you could pull a, a one of two or one of three out, out of one of those uh, packs, right? You can pull a 2021 Brady one of one, and it's five, six figures. It's just people want that one card. And I see where they're going with that. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. Fanatics has taken over. There's different press releases and announcements, but I think they're just going to make... Everybody goes through 20 cards and they just keep the one. They want the one hit. Nobody right. really collects that like we used to with the little checklist, remember? With a little pen and right, all right. that. But it's really taken to a new level. And the card prices, I, I think I discussed last time on the show, modern can, can be a little up and down based upon current events and current affairs. But the vintage product that I'm seeing out there price-wise, you think there's inflation in the country? I these know. Pack, these cards. Dave Winfield in 1974, his 10 was like 20, 30,000. One just sold for 74,000. I'm like, he's in a Padre uniform. Unbelievable. Dave Winfield. Unbelievable. Well, listen, uh, we got about a minute left. What is your website address, Charlie, for people to go in? and? Uh, we are JRI Cards, nice and simple, jricards.com. We have the event, two events up there now. We're going to add a third in about a couple of weeks. It's a, we're starting to tease it a little bit. Uh, we, have an we have a charity break section, the independenceforveterans.org. We have now six, we used to be one pack, but now we have six items up there where a portion of that proceeds go to the Independence for Veterans, helping our homeless vets out there. And you buy a spot, when it sells out, you get an email generated, it's sold out. And then when we're about to open it, you'll get an email too. So if you're at the in-laws and you, you know you have nothing to do and your pack's going to be open, you can sneak off into the other room and enjoy 10 minutes of pleasure as I crack these packs open. Now- I am going to spring for lunch tomorrow. It's going to come out of my pocket. Just pick yourself up off the floor. Oh, my God. Does that mean we're not going to someplace nice? Oh, no, we have to go someplace nice because Rico can't make it. I try. We'll see Burger King when Rico comes down. I'm going to take him to a Bellagio in City Place in West Palm Beach. Great Italian restaurant. <laughs> That's We're training great. this guy here also. It's going to be right. the, meta, the meta break. That's, <laughs> That's a good deal. You know, funny. All right, Charlie, stick with us till the end of the show. Uh, Rico, what's up for the week? Anything going on besides golf? No, no golf. Uh, my back. I got a doctor's appointment for my creaky old back. And if he says it's a go, then I'm going to play golf. But uh, thank God that uh, the missus and I are uh, healthy feeling a lot better. And so we're just happy about that. Yeah. God, you know, I know you guys had a little rough stretch there, but you're doing fine. Everything is good. And, uh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, Seriously. So no, it's good. And real quickly, Rico, yes or no, is there going to be a spring training? Yes. I hope so. I bought tickets. 
I bought four tickets to the Sox Marlins game in March here at Roger Dean Stadium. Early keep March a, or later March? March twenty second. So I'm yeah, keep, you, yeah, I'm, you'll get I'm, it in. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I really want to see the uh, the Red Sox who will win the American League East this year. My yeah. prediction. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, Rick, have a great week. Uh, you too. Charlie, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Charlie. Looking forward to a we little need baseball. <laughs> I, I need baseball. I'm done with football. Super Bowl was all right, but I need hey, that's baseball. That's right, yeah. That's right. Uh, and to our viewers and audience, as always, we love you guys. Thanks so much for the support. You can listen to us on Spotify, uh, iHeart, uh, Facebook Live. You can watch us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, our friend Alexa, you can talk to her, and she'll do something for you. With that being hey, said. Hey, hey, I know. With that being family said. family show. We love you guys. Happy collecting. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.